Probably the closest we've ever come to the actual guitar part. Like, to a place where blind men see. And I know we're making fun of them, but really, I I liked Creed. I was a big Creed fan. I have every album. <laughs> <laughs> There's the one with like the clay dudes on it. Human clay. Human clay. <laughs> I think clay dudes right is better. <laughs> They came a couple years later. That was Nickelback. <laughs> I just remember trying to find the new, like I remember trying to find <laughs> Human Clay and just in Fye and just finding jars of clay and thinking, who who is jars of who clay? Are jars of cley? They're fake. I kind of miss Fye. Just the experience of walking in and just kind of like perusing the aisles. Just yeah, an endless sea of albums. Mm-hmm. Not albums, I guess, like more specifically CDs. Yes. We were not of the album age. Yeah. Record age. Do you seriously have every Creed album? Yeah. I have I have three. And th- and three doors down. I mean, I have Dudes yeah. of Clay, but... I don't have that. I think I may have one Three Doors Down album. The first one. I liked Weathered. Weathered was good. Weathered was a good album by Creed. Mm-hmm. Good Creed album. Make sure I get a good Creed album. Is that with a... Home and down. I'm six feet from yeah. the edge, and I'm thinking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go dig it out now. <laughs> you know, there's gonna be a time like there's gonna be movies made in our lifetime, and like they're gonna be like closing the movie, or something sad's gonna happen, and they're gonna play Creed out. It's going to be the journey of our time. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Inspirational. You're right. They were doing all the right things. Did you know they did not have a bass player, though? Ever or a consistent bass player? I think ever. Like, they actually, like, when they would do albums, they would have a, a bass player come in. Or mm. they may have done it themselves, but, like, as a member of the group, there wasn't a bass player. I thought I, I remember could seeing be wrong. four people in those pictures. Oh, you got those those oh, bass had, uh... bass tones of Scott Stout's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Held everything down. <laughs> he was the bottom. <laughs> Where do you go from there? I mean, we've already peaked. Where do we go from here is also a great Creed song. <laughs> okay. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Paper Street Post. My name's Bob. I'm the drummer in Paper Street Music Company. I'm hanging out in new Paper Street Music Company headquarters uh, with two of my favorite members of the band. To my left, uh, stage right, 
is our keyboard player and singer and songwriter, Greg. Greg, what's up, man? Hey, Bob. Not too much. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We had we just uh, we had some we had a lovely conversation just now <laughs> that really got me in the zone. Good. So it got you zoned in. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Uh, and that voice uh, hasn't been introduced yet. You can hear him giggling directly across from me, so I can look into his eyes. Uh, I guess he would be stage writer uh, Dave Schaefer. Dave, what's going on, man? Not much, Bob. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here again. Um, and it's a pleasure to look into your baby blues. Hmm. Yes. Two alumni, uh, to the paper street post crowd, crowd favorites. I would say both of you. I think it's the beard. Everything I read on the forums says (laughs) they're just like when not, it's not like, Hey, give us Greg, give us Dave. It's like, we need Dave and Greg (laughs) on the pod together. (laughs) And the people were demanding. Yeah, it was, it was obvious. What am I supposed to do? Right. Gotta <laughs> gotta get you guys them. in here. <laughs> well it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Is this is this is this officially the new headquarters for the for We're mo- we're moving. We've uh, moved? Yeah. Are we moving or have we moved? We're in the process we're transitioning. Okay. But this is new HQ. HQ two? H- oh. oh wow, Amazon. And you'll <laughs> and you'll get those bricks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we played a little intro music uh, to, to bring in this podcast, or to bring in this episode, um, and that was a song titled Move On. I just want to talk a little bit about that before we talk about some other topics. Um, I know this is a song that predates me joining the band, it, at least it was written at some point, so um, I'm not even sure who wrote it, but I'm sure either of you guys would be able to just walk me through the history of that song. Well, um, Move On is a song that we started writing. Um, actually, uh, fun fact, in addition to this, it's been three years since we've been Paper Street Music Company. Mm. It was our first show together uh, three years ago this past week. Yeah. Um, that was at Fubar. Yes. Which now is known now as Cobra. Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's right. And we, that was with... Uh, the Saturns, Lurie, Lurie, and the Saturns. Yeah, yeah, that I, was fun. I miss the Saturns. Um, <laughs> you didn't, you weren't a pop harp fan. Uh, it it, it never grew on me. Oh. <laughs> I will say I was and am honestly. I I look up that EP sometimes and still listen to her because I really dug it. It gave me kind of a Civil Twilight vibe. Just a ton of reverb on like the those pop riffs and the big open vocals and I don't know yeah I was a big fan. I'm not much of a pop guy to begin with. Okay, so fine. so that that might have been why. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was necessarily like I'm anti harp. You know, I never I never thought to myself like I don't like big instruments. It's just that was never it was never my bag. Anywho, uh, so yeah, three years ago was when we became Paper Street Music Company. Um, prior to that. Uh, is when this song was written. So, um, the I'm deep thinking fans will know that that was <laughs> our, our Cuyahoga core, our core base. days. It, it, it might have been Cuyahoga Kin days. It's actually possible that predates that too. Wow. Um, but it, it, the song was originally called Battle Scars, and it we had three or four different <laughs> uh, choruses and bridges, 
and we kept stealing all of them for other songs. So then we'd have to change the bridge or the chorus uh, for move what eventually became move on. Um, and eventually when we figured out how to like how it really fit together, and everything really jived and we realized that we were just kind of adding parts in that we kept finding um, move on became a much better song and it actually became a song. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been around for a while. I would say at least five years. Um, because I want to say we played a version of it very, very long time ago. Yeah. So it's, it's been an ongoing evolution, uh, that I personally, I'm, I mean, I started writing it a while ago. I don't remember if I wrote all the lyrics. I'm almost certain I did not because very rarely do I write an entire song by mm-hmm. myself. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think here. I'm not sure when it was. Do you, when do you remember playing it? The first time I remember playing it was in the first house that we consistently rehearsed in. That was your place. Okay. Um, so it probably was 2014, 2015, probably 2014. Was that the house right there on the corner in Hendersonville? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the, your first house in Hendersonville. Yeah. And so it was in the... Beat Lab, I it think, is what you titled that room. But, um, yeah. and I it it's, was it's not trademarked. That's <laughs> no, not. That's not. <laughs> I don't want any, any any guff from anybody. That's not. That's not original concept. <laughs> my T-shirt says otherwise. <laughs> you shut your mouth. Um, yeah, that was my that was my first memory with it. But I do remember all the the growing pains i guess and right. not that it was painful to go through but it it did take a while for that song to to settle and i'm but i'm happy that it we did it that way because it is a it's a better song than it was through any of those other um any of those other lives that it had and it also allowed us to make some other really cool songs by kind of frankensteining them away from uh battle scars back then it's also a cool song to look at in terms of the evolution of our sound Right. Because it, you know, how it started and where it ended, um, and even where it ended versus the the kind of music that we're writing right now is, it's, it's noticeably different. I think I I, um, play electric piano on that, and I, th- I think I wrote that part to be played on electric piano, and I I don't know that there's another song of ours like that from from my role as a as a keyboard player. It's interesting. Um, that that sounds right. Only because I, I feel like when we first wrote that song, it was very much a plateau. Um, and I feel like now when we write, there are a lot of peaks and valleys. Yeah. Or, or that's what we're kind of going for. Yeah. And I feel like finding that ground in Move On was difficult. Yeah. Um, w- w- was that kind of your experience? For some reason, I feel like you... I wouldn't say struggled. I think you were just trying to find the right drum part for it. Well, we played it the very first time I played with you guys. Um, and I remember, like, I think Tim just started playing it, and both you and you two both were like, what? What are you doing? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I had it in my head, and it's always, like, the first time you play a song is, like, the it's the first impression right and so it's what you always remember it and play it back in your head as so when we brought it back two years later 
like that I had this memory of the song and what I did that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I did struggle with like, cause I'm sure it, it had changed. I, I barely remembered playing it, but you know, I, I know that I did. Um, I'm sure that the song had already changed when we brought it back. So it was a struggle. Um, probably just cause of that long time gap. And I think like most, we say this a lot, but having added Jordan in, and Jordan picking up right on the key part and echoing it and adding oh yeah um adding like the sax interpretation of that riff has been awesome and it's also a great song for him to solo on as well yeah that uh the key part i always I always like the keyboard part in that and it reminds me of like 1970s sitcom intro yeah i get that i love i love it too and i don't even remember i don't remember coming up with it but i remember being in love with it yeah um and i still am i that that is the one of the most fun songs for me to play because that part is so it's so good it's so much fun it it really seems like that was the first time we really nailed uh, theme and variation. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I've never thought about it like that before, but you're totally right. Uh, and this is this is gonna sound like a crazy thought. Uh, it, it that song almost felt like like we were botanists, like constructing like a plant, and it never really grew. Do you know how until plants? <laughs> work? Yeah, no, you know, like you know, like, like 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 GMO and that kind of stuff. Like, like you're you know, you're you're creating a new plant. You know, something that's gonna be uh that's gonna stand up the test of time. It's gonna. Uh, you know, defend itself against viruses and all kinds of stuff you haven't seen yet. And a lot of the time, when you're writing a song, some of those some of those seeds just fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with this with this song in particular, with "Move On," um, the personnel around it, the, the 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 cooks in the kitchen, the scientists collaborating on this, really like made it something that it kind of just grew into itself. You know what I mean? And that's a that's a it's a long a long metaphor but that that's that's really how i felt i felt like for a long time we took we couldn't quite get the recipe just right and then eventually when we nailed it it just all came together really fast um and i think that is because i think you and you and jordan especially i think really ended up being like the genesis for that kind of change thanks for the botany lesson no problem (laughs) uh Uh, (laughs) chlorophyll (laughs) Last question before moving on. Oh, it's too e- too easy today. Uh, Dave, you si- you sing vocals on it. Would Scott Stapp make the song better? Uh, I'm I'm gonna say no. Okay, uh, and I'm, I'm gonna stick to that. Um, so yeah, there's too much there's too much twelve string on there to be <laughs> to to be a Scott Stapp original. You gotta play your cards. <laughs> Scores. <laughs> See, it would sound so angry and like primal if Scott Stapp did it, especially these days, shirtless and angry. Yeah, riding his bikes everywhere, paranoid. It's biking around. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Stapp in his huffy. <laughs> this can do. Der- this is like we're on the precipice of derailing into 30 minutes of creed. Um, I will say, I I feel to see the fault. (laughs) No, that's, I don't disagree. Um, 
you said you don't remember if you've written all of those lyrics, but as with every song that you write, there are some like really there are some gems in that song lyrically. Um, you have that that line about um, the um, the poets. Yeah. Uh, what, what was that, Bob? He's like, you know, uh, poets and their the poets, poets and their, their power. Um, singing our belief, singing, yeah, singing yeah. our belief. Um, actually, I remember writing that, so that's a great point because now I know for a fact I didn't write all this. Uh, I remember having the conversation with you and Tim, and that's actually one of the times where I felt like we really were on the same page writing mm-hmm. something. Because I remember we talked about Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen. You and me being on the same page or just all of all us? All three of us. Because yeah. I remember it was you um, and I. We probably had not Tim. written. You and I had probably not written a song together. At <laughs> not that point in not time. a lot. I, I think that was the first time we kind of figured out how that process would work. Mm. Um, kind of like making a conversation and then kind of working that into the lyrics we were writing. Mm. So it was more of like a, a continuous thought than it was just piecing stuff together. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, I think Move On is, is a funny song. And I remember when we recorded it, uh, uh, Nick, the engineer at the time. Uh, by the way, Nick is a phenomenal engineer. Yeah, uh, Nick Molino. Nick Molino. Uh, I, I think very fondly of the time we had together. Uh, <laughs> is this a romance he's, novel he's, that Dave's piecing together now? He's still alive, by the way. It's not. <laughs> R.I.P. Nick. <laughs> um no, but I remember when I was singing the like what ended up being one of the final vocal parts. He said it, it sounds like you're singing for something, and I never thought about it that way. Like mm-hmm. I never like I always like you know there's a few singers I like a lot, like front men I guess you would call them that I, I've always been kind of drawn to. And like David Bowie is that kind of person, um, and uh, Scott. And I, I'm not gonna remember his last name. Not Stap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Teed that one up. Uh, yeah. Getting ready. Uh, he's a Scott Terry. I, I think he's the lead singer for Red Wanting Blue. Um, but he's he's also one of those front men that I, I really admire. And it's because when they're singing a lyric, it's also they're kind of like acting it out. Like they're very dramatic and very theatrical about their lyrics. Um, and I really admire that quality. And I try to kind of bring that to my my, my performance as well. Yeah. Um, because. I think it kind of automatically as the singer, it kind of puts you in the zone automatically. Yes. Um, and as I'm hoping that that's also kind of getting the attention of the audience as well, or at least, um, a tool to kind of draw them into what I'm singing about. Yeah. Um, so again, so we're in the studio with Nick and he says, you know, it sounds like you're singing about something. And ever since then, every time I sing it, I really feel emotionally attached to it. Yeah. And I've heard other singers talk about it a lot. Um, like John Mayer has talked about that with some of his tunes and I'm sure, you know, a number of people do. Um, I, I, once it was down and once I heard it back to myself, uh, it meant something to me that it didn't mean before. Hmm. Um, and now to me, it's a way more powerful song than I thought it was originally. And I don't know if that happened in the studio organically or if that's just because of my connection to it. But I feel like the recording we ended up with was that much better. Because of it. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, I, at least the recording to me, seems to carry some of that energy that I didn't realize the song had to begin with. And I, I might be alone in that. No, but, you are not. I agree with you 100%. Um, and even last episode, we were talking about 
the recording process and trying mm-hmm. to capture that sound. And that is a part of it. You know, we're not right. just trying to re- we're you, me and Tim, we're not amazing singers. We're, right. We're fine. We do the job. But I feel like one of our one of our strengths is the is conviction and being able to, to I guess, communicate that level of belief that we have in the song and what right. it says. And um, that is a prime example of it. Right. Well, I'm glad you think so. I I was really um, hesitant about that song for a mm-hmm. long time un- until we recorded it, um, which might also be a part of it too. Maybe it was just a part of me uh, being convinced. You well, know? you've mentioned before, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you've mentioned before that you have felt timid uh, in your own voice yeah, as a, little a bit. singer. Yeah, I, I like everybody hates the sound of their own voice. Uh, when they when you hear like brought back to you, mm. and I ended up finding out that is a that's a natural response. That's mm-hmm. like a, a like for anything, even for like like apes and stuff. Yeah, hearing oh, your own voice brought back to you. Yeah, you're you're messed up if you enjoy it. Right, huh. right. Um, yeah, like they've they've done experiments with apes in the field. Yeah, and they'll play back recordings of like an ape back to itself, like in the forest, and they they freak out. Wow. Because it's not something you're used to hearing. Your voice is supposed to be so specific. You're never supposed to hear it back to you. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other science behind that that I can't capture. But for me specifically, I am so uncomfortable hearing my voice in recorded form mm-hmm. um, that I have a hard time being completely um, confident in the quality of it mm-hmm. and also in... Uh, in, in just in general, I guess, um, to the point where like it's detrimental. Well, like if you would let me go in the studio and completely run my own session and do all my own vocals, I would be there all day doing two. Um, so yeah, and it's I think I've, I've said to you before also. You and Tim came from you've been together for a very long time singing with each other, so you have a very good um, uh, like recollection and like you could dial into each other very very easily. Mm-hmm. Where I don't have that with either of you really. Oh sure. Um, and you guys also had maybe not like, really formal training, but more formal than most, I mm-hmm. guess. Like you guys went to school for it and you, I assume you guys were in choir and stuff like that. I have taken vocal lessons. Tim and I have both been in choirs. Right. And- yeah. My, yeah, exactly. So, well, uh, my vocal lessons were, I was in a cover band, Yeah. you know? So, um, you just kind of like listen and then you try to replicate. Um, I guess that's pretty much what a lesson is, but. Uh, that being said, I, ne- I never had that like one-on-one time to kind of say like, this is where you're dialing into, this is how you register off somebody else. Mm. So often I feel like I am alone uh-huh. and I don't, I, I don't, I don't say that. I don't say that like, you know, like I feel exposed. I say it like, I feel like if I can't fend for myself, if I'm not going to be able to contribute the way I want to be able to contribute because I can't. As they don't feel like I can dial in with you and Tim all the time. You guys are great at coming back up behind me, but I'm not so good at like, you know, doing the, the other stuff, which I, I feel like I'm getting better at. I yeah. feel like there's a, a number of situations where we ended up doing like background vocals yes. together. Yeah. Um, that ended up being, you know, maybe a little bit different than what you've done. Yeah. Because I think my take is just a little different than yours. No, you're absolutely right. Are there, is there, can you think of a specific moment or show or day in the studio or song that we recorded or performed or wrote, can you think of a specific moment uh, or experience that has helped to 
advance you as a singer in yeah. being out front and leading or being a part of a more like ensemble approach um, background vocals? Yeah. So um, there was there. So some of the a lot of the songs we do, I, I've started to find uh, Rust Belt Lines is one of them mm. where we've just done it so much and people really enjoy it that the song being well done and relatable and enjoyable has encouraged me to kind of just like embrace what I'm doing. Um, and then in addition to that, when Tim and I first moved down here in 2011 in, to Nashville from, from Ohio, uh, we wrote one of a kind and I did a lot of background stuff. And at the time I smoked a lot of cigarettes. Like mm-hmm. I, I had like a pack a day habit. Um, and at this point I haven't smoked for, you know, a year or more. Um, but because of that, I found out that I have a really like growling voice if mm-hmm. I really dig for it, mm-hmm. um, which I was looking for at the time because I was a big fan of Levon Helm from the band um, and also like Joe Cocker and all these guys. And they have like such like smoky, raspy voices. Yeah. But they're also like so strong. Um, yeah. So those one of a kind was a song that we've written uh, with the grooves. You can find it on Facebook, I think, still. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um and band camp. Uh, but that song I was doing backups on and I just felt like I had hit my stride as far as a backup goes because I wasn't trying to harm us with anybody. No one else was singing. Um, so I was just doing like backgrounds for Tim. And at that point I kind of felt where my voice would land. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, I have had some experiences that really kind of gave me a lot of confidence. Um, and even now I feel very confident in my voice. Um, it's just trying to find it all the time, you know, um, but I think that's everybody. I think that's yeah. kind of like any instrument when you don't play for a while and you come back to it. Like you maybe don't forget how to do it. It's just getting your body and your muscle memory to the right spot where it does it every time again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the studio experiences helped that too. Um, and a lot of the, I know we're going to talk about it a little bit, but we've done a lot of acoustic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's given me the opportunity to explore a lot of range. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. a lot of highs and lows that really help me carry through that. And I know I'm rambling. So, no, Sorry. I thoroughly enjoyed all, I, I really enjoyed that. I felt like I was, you know, an audience member just kind of soaking it in. Um, I, I don't know. It's cool to still learn things. We, you and I've been playing music for yeah. s- almost six straight years yeah. and then, I don't know. I enjoy, I enjoy learning things about you because it doesn't happen. All <laughs> I love that you often, too, Greg. But a lot of what you said is part of the reason it was interesting is because it's a, just a different perspective than the one that I have in terms of singing and the role that that vocals play or your approach to vocals. Um, so I'm actually curious, Bobby, because you haven't been a uh, like a, a singer for us, a singer, um, a singer. Did you do? Did you do uh, vocals on uh, "You Break My Heart"? Were you in on that? No, I I wasn't there the day y'all did oh, the overdubs. Okay. So that was like a year ago. I'm I'm curious. <laughs> like this week, between yeah. me, Dave, and Tim, like what do you what do Who's you the best? know? <laughs> <laughs> like how would you rank us from like one to five? Uh, if we were on a on a a Tinder, which yeah. of us would you swipe left on? Is no, it- <laughs> uh, my, what I'm wondering is, I wonder what you see as our, I don't know, what are our characteristics as singers and how do we differ from each other? Because I, I, I mean, I think I have an opinion on it, but I, think he's I see myself as um, 
I don't know. I guess I'll just stop talking because I'm more curious about what you what your observations are. I think he's asking as a teacher, can you compare and contrast? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Juxtapose is the word actually that I was gonna. Uh, yeah, I um, I, I think one of the great parts about the band is that we do have three voices that that all sing at different times, and it kind of reinforces like how we're we're truly a band that collaborates and whoever has ideas or songs they're allowed to to put those forth and let them be tested by the rest of us and if it sticks then like we have a song um i definitely think dave has like has that unique raspiness graveliness that he was talking about i think that's like a great color that we can add into then I see Tim with like, he's able to say, get that upper register that I don't think he can sing higher than both you guys. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> His pants are so much tighter. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's why he has the physique for them. Also, yeah. So and then he, win win. <laughs> yeah, that was like the, the first time I played with y'all and Tim just started singing. I was like, Whoa, like that's, we got right yeah he's getting up there <laughs> um so i think that in and of itself is like is great contrast just between the two of you and then greg I, I think you have like a very warm traditional singing voice that you can put a lot of power into like the the tenor range i, I guess um like you can definitely i can think of like the ending of, of wild card um like it can get pretty powerful there um so i do think like you you and tim have voices that do blend nicely together and and that's like a really cool part of our sound is when you you two are like trading lyrics or harmonizing with each other throughout the whole song mm-hmm. but then it's also fun to to do the change of place change of pace and have dave step up and give us like an entirely different color as a lead singer and then having you two kind of float in the back. Yeah. Um, with still like the more traditional tenor rock voice. I don't know. Yeah. Putting me on the spot like that. That's all right. Tim's um, the best though. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even here, Bob. He's not, he's not here. Uh, no, that's, I think that's completely fair. Um, I don't want to assume too much. I know one of the reasons I was drawn to that kind of voice to begin with and like tried to pursue that sound, that's kind of what my parents brought me up with. Mm-hmm. Like I was, they were very much like Motown and soul people, mm-hmm. um, even though we're from, you know, one of the whitest parts of the country. Uh, but it was, so is that, is that the kind of style? Yeah. What, well, what kind of style think, influenced your voice? Well, I think like, and I think it's going back to what you were talking about with like, training and traditional training like you found your voice and that like if you if you're able to unlock that you know it doesn't matter if you have training or not like that's such a thing that is unique to you that of course you're gonna play upon that and bring that out and like for, for move on you know and the lyric we were talking about with like the poets and their power like at that point the notes don't add up with 
the chords, right? Yeah. And like we had a big debate about that. Right. And we were just like, put it in, it sounds cool. And I don't think it would sound cool if Greg or Tim were singing mm -hmm. it because they're so technically trained or more technically trained. Right. Um, and it's more of just like a pure vocal. I, I think it'd be like, whoa, that that was obviously a wrong note, but with, yeah. with, with you, with Dave, like you're able to I, get I away with that off. stuff. Yeah. No, it's that's really interesting to think about because I feel like Tim There are no wrong notes. For for the most part, Tim sings the part. And that's right. the part that he wrote because it fits in with the theory of the song. Um, and he writes really good melodies too. And I think that's because he does that work on the front end. Um, you sing like you play guitar. It's more yeah. about the feel. Yeah. Uh, and I think I, I don't know that I'm even self aware enough to be able to describe how I come up with melodies, but I think I just kind of, um, I find whatever works and then I just keep, I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. think I put a whole lot of thought into what is coming out, but I do. I mean, I, I guess it's sort of halfway between you and Tim. I'm thinking about say, the chord that I'm in, but I'm also, I worry a lot more, maybe not worry, but I put much more attention into the lyrics than yeah. I do into the, the you're like, notes that I'm hitting. You're like traditionally untraditional. Yeah, sure. Mm. Now to your question, <clears throat> I think the, when I sing, um, when I'm not singing solo, when I'm singing with Tim or when I'm singing background vocals, that definitely comes from my experience as an accompanist. Because in college, that was I spent four years accompanying singers and accompanying, accompanying choirs um, and small ensembles and instrumentalists. And the role is literally to, it's to keep things moving and to blend. Right. And so when I sing, which most of the time is with Tim, I let Tim lead. And I am focusing more on, all right, what's my vowel shape right now? Because I'm trying to match Tim's vowel shape. Um, and I'm, that's a lot of the times when we're writing and right before we, we demo a song, I'll have those conversations with him. Hey, you've got this really widespread E. Does that work here? Because I can match you. But what if we tried just like lengthening it a little bit? And a lot right. of that comes from the formal lessons that not only have I had, but that I witnessed when I was accompanying uh, a singer. And I think that that's sort of my, uh, that's the approach that I try to take when I'm on organ, when I'm on piano, I'm just trying to bring everything together and I'm trying to fit with what's already there. Right. Uh, that's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, we could talk about this all day too, so we should probably move on at some point, but, uh, there it is again. Oh! <laughs> And that wasn't even intentional. It's like um, when you're watching a movie and then they say the title in the film. And you're like, right. Is, is that when you break the fourth, the fourth plane and you're just like, look into the camera. So we're going to move on. Uh, no, uh, but it, it's interesting how we each find our voice, yeah. quote unquote. And, and like, 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 you know, like you guys said that like you went to college and you had that formal training that kind of, I am, um, I imagine you sang before you got to college. So, uh, you know, you probably had, a spot in your voice where you already kind of found that. Um, but it's interesting to see how that develops because I think, you know, I'm, I just turned 30 this year. I think I'm the oldest member in the band. So um, it's interesting to see where I've come from, but it's yeah. also interesting to see where you guys have come from because I, I, I basically started in dives and you guys started freshman year. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a fascinating, I think it's a, I'll say this because I think, I don't think it's over yet. Um, it's a fascinating journey to find your voice and use it in such a different ways yeah. 
whenever you see you can. No, I, I agree. And it as a quick anecdote to match that, when I met Tim in college, I was not a singer. I mean, not I didn't consider myself a singer. I knew right. I could, and I was interested in it. And so Tim and I were in a band called Ram in the Bush, and I sang backups on that. I, I sang harmonies. And so that was when I started to learn that role. And that first summer we were together, we were writing this this album we ended up putting out called Morning Star. And there were characters and I, there was a song that I was supposed to sing. And we learned this song and I, I had to hit a high A. And I remember go, about to leave for the summer thinking, how am I going to sing <laughs> this song? My voice is like, I'm a, I'm a baritone. How, how is this going to happen? Right. And so we broke for the summer. Um, Tim and I met up a few times and we continued to write. And when we came back in the fall and we played it, it was all of a sudden in my range. And it was... You know, I had this goal and I wasn't even actively working towards it, but I had to find my way into the voice that I needed to accomplish right. that task. And I think that part of where I am now as a singer is because of that process, because of that song. Right. And it is, it's by, it's a continuous process because we're writing new songs right now that require different things of our voices and require us to interact with each other in different ways. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting how, um, when you have to do something out of the ordinary for you, you come up with different ways to approach that problem. Um, so maybe it wasn't, you didn't take the traditional approach to get, like, you know, you didn't sit at the piano and play like the high A and mm-hmm. keep practicing hitting that note. You found a way to convince your voice to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that uh, those techniques that we use and every singer uses, I'm sure, uh, that's just fascinating. And again, that could be an entire podcast, which it's about to be. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> this is supposed to be like five minutes and we're almost at 40, but this is a good problem to have though. Yeah, for sure. We, well, we, were, we were saying that we didn't have much to talk about today. So, yeah, um, but let, let's, let's get to what we said we were going to talk about. We're ready to do a, a residency uh, up in someone's in the kitchen in Hendersonville. We played there a couple times already. Um, but the first official residency gig uh, is coming up in March. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty exciting. Um, what what's on? What's the plan for well, doing it? Well, uh, I know we've we've talked about this a few different ways and times. Um, so at, at first, we're just gonna uh, let our residency kind of be a platform for a lot of local acts. Um, and then we want to start like intermingling people with us, um, which I'll, I'll explain in a moment, I guess. Um, but up front, we're going to start with, um, a good friend of ours that actually I used to work with, um, used to be your neighbor, Greg. Yes. Um, and actually at some time, let us borrow one of his microphones, which was really nice of him. Uh, it was green. Oh yeah. Remember it was green and, yes, br- it was green and gold. Do. He's uh, also got, uh, some of my X-Men comics still. Well, there we go. And now we can leverage us against him. Um, <laughs> Uh, but his name is Tim Tim Bolin um, is how I know him. That's a street name. Uh, maybe I shouldn't. I'll ask him about that before we put this on the public. I guess. <laughs> Please um, just beep it out. <laughs> Tim. Tim. Uh, um, Here's his social security number. <laughs> he's six feet one inches tall. Uh, no. Um. But he also goes by Tim Bolo on social media. Um. In a variety of different ways. Uh. But 
He is very, very good. He is, uh, if you know him as a person, he is literally the nicest person I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. Um, and if you ever played music with him, you'll know that on top of being a pretty humble musician, yeah, he also has an incredible voice. Yes. Um, he, I know he does a lot of cover stuff because he's played a lot of uh, like bar gigs and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I know he also has some originals. Um, and I know he's he's really excited to come do this, and we're really excited to have him. Um, and I'm really hoping that, uh, the, like the, the local crowd in Hendersonville really comes out and uh, enjoy some local music. Cause I think that's ultimately the goal of what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and as far as what we're going to do long-term, um, so I know I talk about this all the time. If you've ever seen me, uh, host any of the nights at someone's in the kitchen or even any of our gigs, we always talk about the last waltz, uh, with the band. Um, and I'll just give a brief overview of what that is. Um, back in the day, uh, there was a band called The Band. Um, they were the backup band for, not backup, but they were the backing band for Bob Dylan. Um, and they had played Woodstock and all kinds of crazy stuff. But their last show as a group, like the original group, they uh, recorded it. Martin Scorsese came in and filmed it. And basically they had all of these influences and a friends, quote unquote, um, come in and just join them on stage and play through some of their original material and some stuff they had, they were covering. Um, and that's ultimately what I think we want to do. Um, I think Levon Helm, the drummer called it uh, a ramble is essentially what, what the goal is. Mm. And basically just have as many musicians as we can just come join us and just come have a good time. Um, a little more formal than a jam, but a little, a little more informal than like an actual show. Um, and I think that's an effort to include the community because I know um, ultimately there are just so many people that play professionally or unprofessionally play music and they write music um, that they don't have an outlet for it. They don't have somewhere to go to listen to it and they don't have somewhere that can promote that. And I know um, Charlotte and my wife who works at Summers in the Kitchen, um, they, they're they really trying to, to find that community and find that sense of purpose um, as well as just having some really great food. Um, so that's, I think that's ultimately the plan. So, um, you know, dinner, uh, dinner and a show, I think it's going to be 15 bucks and I'll confirm that. Uh, and you guys can follow us on Facebook and MySpace. And do we have MySpace somewhere? Oh, we do. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm not entirely wrong. No. Um, do we actually have a MySpace? We, we definitely do. I wouldn't have put it, you I'm know, before our Instagram. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I still got priorities, Greg. So, uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you follow us on there, I think um, this week we're going to start getting some some advertisement out there and we're going to start trying to get Tim on board and see if we can figure some stuff out. But I really encourage anyone that wants to get involved to please message us, um, whether you're a singer or a songwriter. Um, I think ultimately, and obviously I might get the kibosh dropped on me right now, but I would love to have a singer or songwriter that wants to play a song they've written. Um, and they want to play it live, but they don't have a band. I would love to find that person. Um, even if it was just one time to be able to walk up on stage and play in front of people and play an original song and have us back you up. I would love that. I, I think that's such a great way to engage the community. Um, and I'm, I'm seeing a bunch of nods, but they haven't said no. So I think, no, I, yeah. I, think I mean, I'm, th- I'm thinking back one of the other names, um, that we have been talking about and including, cause there's been a lot of artists that we've befriended and, uh, become close to over the the past six, seven, eight years that each mm-hmm. of us have been in Nashville, um, and one of the people that we've played with, 
is Jeff Woods. Yep. And we used we we played a couple of shows I think as yep. as as his band kind of um after we took the stage ourselves or before we took the stage ourselves is right. um playing him playing with him and playing his music and that is it, it was a blast. Right. Yeah, I mean the opportunity to do that in Nashville is is often. Mm. Um but it's it's not often you find somebody that is fresh to it. Yes. You know. Um Jeff has a great voice and has a great sound and he writes a lot of great songs. Um so it's cool to back up somebody like that. Mm. Um and I I look forward to hopefully having him at one of our yeah. our rambles. As I'm going to call it for the rest of the podcast. I'm not going to fight you on it. Um perfect. Um but I, I, it's also going to be great to have even may you know even people that Jeff knows that yeah. maybe they helped him write songs but they never went out and sang them themselves but they want to I would love to have people like that you yeah. know yeah. there are so many good songwriters around and they have something to say and I feel like right, especially right now I'm not going to get into the, the politics of it but there's so many points of view that I think need to be heard um in a poetic or at least in uh, a musical way sweet What's the date? When are when's the first one? March. It's, so it's, it's going forward. It's going to be the third Saturday of the month in Hendersonville. Um, the doors are going to open at six thirty, and we're going to play at seven, and we're going to go to nine o'clock. Um, and at least uh, with Tim, we're gonna uh, uh, we're gonna have him play the first hour, and we're gonna play the second hour. Um, and then in addition to all this, um, I've actually been. Um, I think this is going to be the 8th is the second Friday. Am I correct, Greg? We'll see the calendar out. Yeah, the 8th of the second Friday. So the the, the second Friday, um, I am also going to be hosting a songwriter's night, which hopefully will kind of be like another part of like getting people into this process. Um, and I've also invited you. So you may or may not be attending, Greg. So um, I may. I'd love to have you. Uh, we I have been uh, grilling the songwriters after they finish their set. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say grilling. You want people to come, right? You've been and grilling attend. them. I've been grilling them. So like, you haven't uh, roasted them? <laughs> I, I haven't gotten to the roasting yet. Um, but like, there's been some songwriters that have come out. And uh, specifically the last time we had a young kid who was filling in. And I asked him to play one more song after a couple of questions. And he played a song. It was it was the highest song he sang all night. And he nailed those notes. Um, and then we had another gentleman on stage who we got him to play another one of his songs. Uh, and he told us the backstory behind it. And it was such a beautiful story to the, the song that it just totally made sense. Um, and it was just a great extra addition to the thing. So um, I do. I, I ask him a bunch of questions. And I, I kind of grill them depending on what their answers are. Um, and they kind of just sh- show up and shell out. So it's, it's great. It's uh, a really cool experience and I really hope Greg comes. And that's on the 8th of March. It's the Correct. second Friday and we're the third Saturday. We're the third Saturday is going to be on the Paper Street Music Company, uh, showcase, uh, every third Saturday. And it's the, what day? March 16th. March 16th. Um, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, I know Tim has showed a lot of excitement about it too. And I know you guys have also expressed some excitement. Um, I just can't wait. I'm really excited. Sweet. Me too. Uh, what, so, and also, I guess this is a good time to talk about, like, uh, we haven't really been full band necessarily for these gigs, but it's been a really cool, like, experience. So, because we haven't had a bass player, we've basically been playing acoustic plus (laughs) electric piano and... Uh, saxophone and mm. drums yeah so bob what's that experience been like playing a bunch of acoustic gigs on the drums 
it's been okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thrilling. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's always interesting to do new music and, you know, even though they're songs that I know, like we're playing them in new ways. So that's always interesting. Can't say it's my favorite thing to do um, because I'm playing hot rods. I don't get to slam the drums like I like I like to. But and you you um, have the and you have the John Bonham snare drum right now. Yeah, it seemed like as soon as I bought that snare drum, you guys were like, oh, let's do acoustic gigs. <laughs> <laughs> I have not played it live yet. Have you not? Uh, maybe, Tennessee Brew Works. Did you have it when we no. played? Okay. I think oh my at goodness. the country, maybe? That one time? Yeah, in that's, September that's, October. Oh, that's depressing. Yeah. With Frank Hurd. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway um, yeah, I mean, it... it I I will always like playing with you guys and it's fun to hear what you guys are doing. Um, And it's when we play it in a new light, I hear different things. So that's always good. Um, So I'll leave it at that. Um, So to close everything out, uh, can we do something I heard from another podcast called a recommendation? Are you guys open to that? Is that so the, can Let's I get, a, get the band together and vote. Yeah, on it real quick. Uh, can we can we do like the three the three vote? Sure, four. It's a four. Oh, I thought you were saying uh, four, like F O U R. No, I dig it. Cool. So that's two. Bobby, you don't even count anymore. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, my dog. Can she vote? Her eyes say yes. Uh, um, she's on our side. Uh, so <laughs> it's called it's a recommendation. Uh, it's something I got from the Fine Woodworking Podcast, and it's a great podcast if you haven't checked them out. Um, but essentially you would just something that you really enjoy, whether it be food or a song or a place, whatever, just recommend something for this week. And then we'll just close, close this guy out. Is that something that sound appealing? Would you like us each to make a recommendation? Yeah. Or, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Each, each recommend something, anything, yeah. you know, you guys have things you're doing in your life. Well, I mean, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well now, now I'm on the clock, aren't I? Well, you put us all on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Totally fair. Okay. Uh, this week, I will recommend checking out Gary Clark Jr.'s uh, performance mm. on SNL. That was, I think it was last week. If you haven't already seen that, you should definitely go check it out because it was an awesome performance. And then additionally to that, as like an amendment to that recommendation, also go check out the album because the album's also great. Um, should, I, should I like bump it off? Like bump Greg? <laughs> I've done been bumped. Bump, bump, bump. It's probably a lot. It, it may even be um, late at this point, I suppose. But I have been really, really digging Hozier's new single, Movement. Ooh, I didn't know he had one. Yeah, uh, it is really, really tasty. It, is it Hozier or is it Hosier? Oh, it's definitely not Hosier. Okay, yeah. way off. H- Hosier. I don't know if it's a hard zh or like a. Z- <laughs> he's, he's an Hosier. Irishman, so uh, he's, 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 he's an Irishman. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh man, I gotta check this dude out. In interview, in interview. <laughs> uh, I've yeah. listened to his music. It's just like mm-hmm. I've yeah. never heard the accent. Now I really want to know. Yeah. I'm like ninety five percent certain that he's Irish, but. All right, so we got. We got a recommendation from Greg and uh, Bob. You got a recommendation, man? Uh, 
I mean, if we're talking music, like coming off the Grammys, I was I was pleasantly surprised that Casey Musgraves won for album of the year. Yeah. So I've been listening to that uh, a lot again this week. Um, I have it on vinyl too that I really want to, I haven't had time to like sit down and listen to the whole thing, but um, I guess that's been my most played. Sure. The past week. That's, I wasn't even thinking about, uh, um, about the awards, but I have been listening to, because I've been listening to Brandy Carlisle for years and to see her get that kind of validation was so rewarding. For sure. Uh, for the record, I just have to say, uh, there was a couple years ago, Greg was like, oh man, you should listen to this Randy Carlisle. And I thought it was the girl that played iCarly <laughs> on Disney what? for the longest time. And I was like, Greg, I'm not doing this. Like, you're not, you are not going to convince me, Greg. There's no way. And I remember you were like, no man, the album's actually pretty good. And I was just like, I, I I've just lost so much respect for you. Um, and then it's only, it's actually within the past like nine months, my wife was like, oh yeah, this is Brandy Carlisle. I was like, wow, this actually is pretty good. And this is definitely not that iCarly girl. Uh, so it just goes to show, you know, just don't. Yeah, just give it a listen. Check you know, your work. <laughs> Check your work. <laughs> well, sweet. Um, thank you. For, thank you for bringing that game today, Dave. No problem. What a pleasant, what a pleasant surprise to end this podcast. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, like we said earlier, we got a gig at someone's in the kitchen in mid March, the third Saturday. I believe the 16th that is up in Hendersonville. Um, so come check us out then to play some acoustic music. See how jazzed I'm about that. Uh, Dave, Greg, thanks thanks for chatting with me. Thanks for hosting, man. Thank you, Bob. Of course. Uh, all right, check us out on our socials, on Spotify, all that. Uh, and until next time, bye. Take me higher.